podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Zero Pucks Given, the UK ice hockey podcast. We are in partnership with Blades Blong on Your Feet, the charity fighting knife crime with ice skating all across the UK. And we are still on the lookout for a main sponsor. So hit us up on the socials if you'd like to get involved with that. Well, welcome back. We are now back for our weekly episodes all throughout the season. Zero Pucks Given 2.0, as we've called it. Uh, and this episode, as we build into the 23-24 season, we'll be looking at the ticket prices in the NIHL 1 South, season tickets and game by game. Obviously, there's been a bit of news in the National Division and above, uh, obviously with regarding the Steelers and the Steel Dogs that may change the way that the game will be financed moving forward. And the Planet Ice issue, of course, with the 12.5% levy on tickets. Um, but we don't really know a great deal about that facts-wise, so we won't delve into it too much. Um we know that a lot of fans will probably possibly be slightly frustrated at a rise in ticket prices, but it is what it is. And we know it's an expensive sport in which to partake and which to compete. So the hardcore fans, I'm sure, whilst being a little frustrated, will still pay to watch their team. Uh, we're also going to have a catch up with John from NIHL roster updates. So we're going to go through all the movers and the shakers from the Britain division, the moves that really caught his eye and the ones that caught ours as well. Uh, Callum Burnett to Streatham, I can't lie, that one hurt. Uh, so we'll have a chat with John. We are also going to have match reports from the challenge games from this weekend, including coaches' thoughts from some of the coaches involved as well. And then we'll build up to the forthcoming challenge uh, weekend that we have, where we have a few fixtures before the league actually gets up and running. Uh, so what I was wanting to do in this episode was provide an overall look at the ticket pricing in our league, where to get the tickets from and what they're going to cost. It's not to point fingers or dig out any teams in particularly. It's just to inform the fans across the board what they'll be paying when they travel and visit each rink. Um, now, firstly, obviously, Milton Keynes Thunder and Romford Buccaneers are in the position of being development clubs for National League teams. And they are priced accordingly as they're not really the headline appeal of their rink, um, obviously, despite having their own fans. Um, MK Thunder have actually taken the step to register themselves as a charity and have applied to funds to help with the running of the club and possibly allow them to subsidise ticket prices as well. The club, however, have confirmed, if unsuccessful, the prices will not rise from last season, which was £10 for an adult, £7 for concessions and kids, uh, sorry, £7 for concessions and kids for a quid, which is a brilliant incentive to bring a family along to what is a, a great, great big rink. Um, going by these numbers then with no game by game discount, you'd be looking at an adult season ticket costing around £140 for the 14 home league games. MK Thunder's game tickets are available on the door or via the Ticket Co website, and they do have streaming passes available on there. It's a really good quality stream with no commentary, but still really good quality if you can't make it up to Milton Keynes to see your team. The Buccaneers have the most affordable season ticket, actually, based on 14 home games, not including the preseason challenge or the subsequent playoff games. Uh, an adult will part with £115, a discount of over £25 across the season um, as an adult ticket. Uh, for one game is £10. So it's a really good discount there. Uh, an under-16 season ticket is £50, which is incredibly good value. 
Um, and obviously, as previously stated, because the Bucks are a development team for the Rumford Raiders, whose season ticket for an adult is £400 for 27 games, making it 1480 per ticket. And that includes cup fixtures. The Bucks pricing is really, really competitive and good for those fans who might not be able to commit to the hectic schedule of the National League. Um, so, yeah, really, really good value for their fans there. Obviously, the Raiders, Raiders 2, as they formerly were, do have their own followers that all, all love a bit of an Essex derby as well. Uh, tickets are available on the door on game nights for Bucks games, and they currently do not stream their home games, so don't get caught out by those pesky scammers. Uh, last season, the Invicta Dynamos had a great year under Cole Lennon. Uh, South Cup winners, playoff semi-finalists, fourth place finish in the league, and a season ticket for the Moes will cost an adult £227 for 18 games, which is the league and the Challenge Cup. Evening in, evening out to around 12.60 a game and a designated seat, which I think is a key selling point and a lot of fans really do appreciate a designated seat when purchasing a season ticket. A child season ticket, uh, under 16s, however, or under 16s, however, Invicta Junior players do actually go to the rink for free. Uh, so under 16s ticket is 104.50 for the season. Invicta did offer a discounted price on all season tickets bought before August 25th, which I'm sure a lot of Invicta fans took up because that was a really good deal. Season ticket holders also get a discount on club merchandise uh, and as well as making... In, um, <clears throat> season ticket holders also get a discount on club merchandise. So that's making Invicta's tickets the second highest in the league, but the best possible package overall with everything that they get in with it. Um, the game-by-game -game tickets are available from the Planet Ice website. Always good to pre-book. Invicta does often sell out. Um, regarding streaming, I don't think they have any plans to live stream their games. However, they do put a good highlights package together on their YouTube channel. On to the Oxford City Stars then, and Simon Anderson has put a very good roster together this season. And with how tight the league was last year, Oxford were only a couple of results off of the top three. Their adult season ticket will set you back £151, giving you a 10% haircut on the game-by-game -game price. A child's ticket is £75, so great value for the two there. The Oxpens are sure to be a rampant atmosphere this year, and the City Stars now have British ice hockey's most famous imports, former Chelsea and Arsenal goalkeeper and Chieftains netminder Petr Cech. So he is sure to draw, draw some extra numbers to the Oxfordshire crowd. Oxford's game-by-game -game tickets are £12 for adults, £6 for children and concessions and are available on the door or via ticket code. Probably best to pre-book as there will be a heightened interest this, interest this season, I would imagine, with the likes of uh, Czech and Dylan Hullaby in their roster. Uh, I think and hope that Oxo Sports continue to live stream the games as well. Them streaming tickets are available on ticket code for £6. If you use the ticket code app to buy it and then you can download the ticket code app onto a Fire Stick or a Smart TV, you can log in through there and actually watch the game on the telly, um, which is fantastic. And the Oxo Sports have uh, have commentary as well, which is brilliant. So now onto the Slough Jets. They're in a the slightly strange position of not being a development side, but they do have a National League side playing out of their rink. Um, now, obviously, the Jets are a long-standing club and have their own fan base. And the arrival of the Bees and the Queen Bees in recent years has piqued interest in the sport in that area of West London. Um, the Jets season ticket package will include up to 20 games with an adult season costing uh, adult season ticket costing £199, making it £9.95 per ticket, giving more than a £3 discount on the game-by-game -game price. Um, the 20 games are obviously going to be the 14 league games, the four Challenge Cup games, and possibly the, uh, the playoff quarterfinals as well, as we do know that's a guaranteed fixture for all eight teams. Um, as far as I know, the Jets are not doing pre-book tickets, but cash or card on the door on the night. Um, nor do they have live streaming, despite creating a very good highlights package on their YouTube channel. 
On to the chance for Chieftains then, as Lewis, Lewis Clifford's arrival has seen a huge influx of players coming down from the National League to South 1 to join his exciting project where Chelmsford looked to regain some of the excess they were enjoying a few years back before the league restructure. This year, the season ticket will cover the cup fixtures as and uh, we course return to the first four games of the league season being to League Cup at the same time. Then we have the Challenge Cup later in the year um, and possibly even the playoff quarterfinals, but I'm not, not 100% sure on that. But extra games coupled with a, uh, a couple of high-profile players, possibly rink rent going up as well. It has seen the season ticket price and the game day price go up. Um, and that that's what the difference is. It literally is just where the tickets have gone up per game. So adding that in with the extra games plus all the games you normally get, that's what the rise is. Breaks down to £15 per game uh, per adult for entry fee. Uh, I think it's £8 per child. So, yeah, it's it's still really good value but it's, it has gone up ever so slightly from last year. Uh, the season ticket holders, they will get a few perks. There's not a great, I don't think there's any queuing. I think season ticket holders can go straight in. You'll have a picture on your season ticket with a club lanyard. You also get discount at the walkabout bar in Chelmsford, which is quite close to the rink for pre and post game. Uh, for me, it possibly could have included allocated seating. I'm not entirely sure how they would have done that, but that's the main reason that people do queue early to, to ensure they get the seat that they like. Um, tickets to all Chelmsford Chieftains home games are available on the Ticket Co website. And as far as we know, the club are not looking to live stream any games. So do not get caught out by those online fraudsters. The Solent Devils, after a massively improved season last year, ended up league and playoff runners up, managed to keep most of their roster together. And this year, the season ticket for Planet Ice in Gosport has gone up slightly for an adult. is now £156 and a child is £96. Evening out to around 11 14 a game for an adult couple of quid discount on the game by game price. I know when we travel down to Solent for the away game, I normally bring my uncle because he lives down that way. And it normally costs sort of between 25 and 30 quid for the three of us to go. So it's always really good value. Um, looks to be slightly more than that this year, but still, as we say, we know that hockey is good value for the entertainment. Tickets for the Devil's Cauldron are available via their website or calling Planet Ice Gosport. And they're available on Wednesdays from 10 a.m. for the upcoming weekend game. So you can't be booking miles in advance for the Solent Devils. Um, again, despite their YouTube channel doing a fairly good highlights package every now and again, the Silent Devils are not live streaming games. So once again, don't get caught out by the liar, liar, pants on fire people. The league and playoff defending champions then, the Streatham Redhawks, have released their season ticket fees for the coming year. And it has seen a small rebuild in the squad. A couple move on from what has been a very successful squad over the last couple of seasons. Ben Painter has added some good youngsters to the roster, as well as former Chieftains captain Callum Burnett. Uh, an adult season ticket, the high road will set you back £200 and a child ticket will set you back 120 covering the league and the league cup fixtures and the challenge cup later in the thing. Roughing, giving a rough discount of around 10% on the game by game prices. Streatham are, of course, competing with Premier League football and uh, League Two football around that area with Crystal Palace and AFC Wimbledon being in a stone's throw distance from their rink. Um, tickets are available through the Streatham website and they use the ticket engine Attendize. So, make sure that when you're buying tickets for there, either call the club directly and call the rink or make sure that you use the attendize ticket engine through their website. So you don't get caught out. They currently do not live stream any of their games. So once again, don't get caught out by that. Um, another thing, if you are going away or if you live in London and you're going to a home game for either Streatham or the Romford Buccaneers, be aware of the ultra low emission zone, which is pretty much everywhere inside the M25 now. So type in ULES into Google and get the gov.uk page, put your car reg in 
and just check that your car doesn't need to pay the, the fee to go in because the last thing we want on top of you know ticket prices and 12.5% rises and whatnot everywhere is to pay a TFL fine as well. So yeah, make sure that you look into that. So now the ticket prices are taken care of. Let's get on to our first challenge games of the weekend that saw Streatham facing Victor. Oxford travelled to Solihull and we'll start with MK Thunder's trip to Peterborough Phantoms 2. It was a fast start to the game and MK Thunder took the lead on 421 when Barrow assisted Carter Hamill. Two minutes later, Austin took a tripping penalty for the Thunder. The Phantoms pushed, but it wasn't until 8-11 when back to even-handed that Callum Worthington-Evans levelled up for the home side. The first finish 1-1 despite Thunder pressuring Bainbridge net with a period of three on five on three. The second period was end-to-end and saw MK wrap the iron on the 30-minute mark, but neither team were able to enforce their mark on the game and entered the final period with the score still level. Thunder put the pressure on their hosts early in the third and made it count on 47-24 when young prospect Carter Hamill got his second of the night. Carter Hamill turned provider on 53-48 for Cameron Hamill as Thunder pressed their dominance on their lower league counterparts with a shorthanded goal. 3-1 to the Thunder at the final score and these two will clash again next weekend at the Thunderdome. Now we head up to Solihull as the Barons welcome the Oxford City Stars. The game started with a real physical edge, Darcy Flanagan landing a huge body check in the first five seconds. And this Solihull side included a couple of former Stars players and former Thunder D-man Alex White. Solihull played up to Oxford's physical style and took the lead in the first. Sorry, no scorer available for that one. Into the second and Oxford hit the ice hard and got level early when Josh Abbott assisted Williams on 21-34. A few penalties in the second and some more physical play from both sides, but the game remained tied. Until the last few minutes of the period when Darcy Flanagan assisted Aaron Moody to put the visitors into the 2-1 lead. Into the third and the Stars who had brought Petr Cech in for his debut halfway through the second were relying on the Czech stopper as Solihull pushed hard. And on 48-55 it was a familiar face as Alex White smashed past Czech to make it 2-2. A physical display from both, particularly the Oxford imports. The Huldozer is a nickname I'm sure is going to stick for Dylan Hullaby. And after the game... The coaches gave me their thoughts, starting with Solihull Barons head coach, Phil Lee. I thought the game went quite well. I thought we started really quick. Um, we tied it a little bit in the second. They got a goal back. Then they went, we got to give a few silly penalties away. And they capitalised on a, on a power play. I think we had about 70 shots tonight. Their goalies were really good. Uh, but overall, I'm... Really happy with the performance. There's some positives there. There's a few negatives we need to work on, but I think you know we've got the makers of a good team. It's it's still new. There's a lot of new players coming, and we need to do first training session. We need to do a little bit more training just to nail it down. After the two-piece draw, I also got the thoughts of Stars coach Simon Anderson. A real credible two-two tie with uh, Solihull in our first pre-season game last night. Um, obviously, I was very pleased with, with the attitude and uh, the way the boys worked. Um, we've only been together sort of two weeks, uh, so two weeks on the ice, and I think Solihull way ahead of us. And you know, had four lines of guys coming at us, and um, you know, we were a bit short bench. We had sixty and seven forwards. You know, so I was really happy with the fitness levels and uh, the way we went about our game. You know, all of our new signings look really good. Um, and yeah, you know, it's just, it's just looking really, really positive right now. Obviously, we want to keep our feet on the ground. There's a lot of work to do. Um, but yeah, some good signs. Uh, our goaltenders were, were excellent and um, kept us in the game at times. Um, 
but yeah work ethic wise and sort of our structure coming together you can see that and uh yeah it's exciting times you know we just want to keep our feet on the ground right now um and sort of work over the next couple of weeks before the Chelmsford game you know we know this is going to be a, a tough season um but a boy's attitude and you know the pushback the physicality of our team was just you know way ahead of where we were last season and um it could be an exciting year but you know we'll we just need to keep our feet on the ground, keep working hard and then see where it takes us. But yeah, good signs for sure. The final challenge game of the weekend was a double header, a charity shield affair, if you will, as the league and playoff champions went head to head with the South Cup winners. A lively start to the game saw Lillis get two for hooking on 137. And on the resulting power play, JJ Pitchley and Sam Waller got apples for Ben Ely Newman on 332. On 8.15, Josh Ely Newman and Harrison Lillis headed to the box from 50 cups as the Dynamo's Twitter beautifully put it, love a fight in a friendly. As the period wore on, Strawson assisted Laschek on 16.17 to make it 1-1. Streatham started the second a few players liked, possibly due to a few injuries, but continued to pressure the Moes, forcing excellent saves from uh, Tyler Bell Tyler. Streatham started the second period a few players light, but continued to pressure the Moes and forced excellent saves from Tyler Dillard-Batouche in the Dynamo's goal. Harris, Harris took two for interference on the 30-minute mark, but Invicta killed the penalty. The rest of the period littered with penalties, including Brandon Miles back to business, dropping the gloves with Condren. The third was also littered with penalties and both teams being frustrated by the net opposition netties. But on 53-25, new Red Hawk Harvey Briggs went unassisted and made it 2-1 to the home side. Just over a minute later, Invicta truly got back on the horse as Bell fed Lamming to make, make it 2-2 on 54-36. On 57-20, Lamming turned provider as he assisted Huggett to make it 3-2 to the Moes. Stretton pulled Milton to get the extra man on the ice, but on 58-56, Springer Hughes hit an empty netter to make stretch the lead to 4-2. The two teams head back to Gillingham on Sunday night to complete their challenge weekend at the Stables. Sunday evening in Kent sees Streatham slightly shorter bench than their hosts, who had to kill a very early five-on-three power play. After Streatham's first penalty was was killed, they found themselves behind when Owen Dell assisted Stano Laschek to put the Moes ahead on 9-14. Painter took two for tripping on 16-52, and on the resulting power play, Laschek got the assist this time as Dan Scott got his first goal since his return to Invicta. As the period was drawing to a close, the Red Hawks pulled one back through as James Warman assisted captain Ryan Watts on 19.36. A few penalties for each side in the second yielded no further goals until 33.48 when Brandon Miles assisted Harvey Briggs to make it 2-2. Streatham continued to push and completed the comeback when Miles assisted again for Thomas Skokan uh, to put the Red Hawks 3-2 up on 36.31. Penalties exchanged towards the end of the second, but the period ended 3-2. The Moe started the third on the power play but couldn't capitalise and had another power play chance with 10 minutes to go as Josh Ely Newman sat for roughing. After a short break to clear some fog, come on planet ice, Gregory and Ben Ely Newman assisted Ewan Hill to make it 4-2 on 56-49. 6-6 over the two games and that is how it finished. A great challenge weekend to kick off the NIHL 1 South season and I'm sure these two will be up the top end of the table. After the game, Ben Painter gave me his thoughts on the weekend. It was um, it was a, it was good to get back on the ice. Um, good to get the group back together in a in a game sort of environment in front of the crowd on on the high road. Um, it was actually quite a decent crowd, um, considering it was a preseason game and Invicta travelled with numbers and were were as loud as ever. Um, I think Saturday we 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 were nowhere near 
nowhere near our ceiling, nowhere near where where we want to be. And to be honest, we were we were although it's pre-season, I sort of I expected more. Um, we didn't start very well. I felt like we were we were very frantic on the puck. Um, positionally, weren't fantastic, um, and just I think it just took a little while for us to to really get into our groove. Um, it didn't we didn't manage the game very well either. Um, but I kind of expect that from the first the first sort of preseason game. We we've only skated once um, as a team um, prior to to that preseason weekend. Um, so to get those games in, it was it was good to sort of highlight some areas that we, we need to work on going forward over the next couple of weeks um, and get ourselves get ourselves ready. So we were a bit bit um, bit disappointed with performance on home ice. Um, not really good enough. We we aim to be better. Um, yeah, like I say, it was a, it was a frantic game, um, and and then Victor came. They came hard. They're they're a young team this year that I think uh, have, have sort of been overlooked a little bit. Everyone is talking about Chelmsford and and us sort of being at the top there. Um, but I can see Invicta being right in the mix, and they're going to be they're going to be um, challengers, no doubt. They're they're a they're a young team that are, that are hungry, and 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 Carl over there has done a, a great job of getting them to buy into what he wants and and playing the right way. Um, and they've added a little bit of quality and sort of Dan Scott at the back there. You can see his quality that he brings to this league, and and obviously Ollie Bronneman is is a massive pickup for them if he can find his form he once had. Um, so yeah, they 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 brought a game plan to us. It was it was a physical game on Saturday, and and they they managed to obviously get the win. Um, and from our point of view, it just wasn't good enough. We weren't we weren't happy with it. Um, and then going into the Sunday, I think we started much the same. We had a couple of power plays early on, a five on three early on, um, and I just don't think we capitalised on that. And from that point, we kind of thought, oh, here we go again. Um, and then we ended up going two down. So I think the first period wasn't great. We we were better, but again, still finding our feet. Um, we had a chat about some things. We switched some things up on on our sort of our four check, um, and helped us gain a bit of possession. Um, going into the second and once we we like to play with the puck we like to have the puck on our sticks so having having a bit more possession it calmed us down a little bit we were a bit more a bit more direct and a bit more um bit more composed on the puck and i think that that helped and we sort of grew into the game a little bit i think we controlled large spells of the game um it was it was end to end still still a great game um but i think we we sort of deserved the win on on the sunday um, and yeah, uh, both goalies sort of had a game this weekend. Nathan Gregory had a, a great game, some great stops on the Sunday um, in not the great greatest conditions with the ice misting up, um, pretty foggy out there. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was a good weekend, a good weekend to start off with. We uh, we had a nice to get everyone together. We were a bit short over the weekend, so this week in training we'll have a full roster. And going into next weekend against Milton Keynes in our first league game, we'll have a full roster going into that game. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's good to get get those reps in and and see where we are. And after the incredible six six draw, Carl Lennon gave his thoughts as well. So we've had a, a great summer of uh, preparation and recruitment. Um, we addressed a, a few key areas in our team that we felt really needed to be improved upon from from last year. And of course, we wanted to test ourselves against Streatham, the league leaders, to give ourselves an indication of where we were we played them at the start of last season actually um without a pre-season friendly and uh played uh, a cup game there and it was a, a really tough encounter but it gave us a good measure of ourselves for the the season that was upcoming and so for us to be able to do that across two games was was fantastic um 
Saturday was played in the true um, hockey-friendly sense, I guess. So there was a few incidents that people have probably seen, um, and you could see that it was played with a very sort of intense environment, which I think can only help us in in the longer term um, in terms of our development. Um, we were missing a few players; I think they were too. Um, but the application uh, of our guys was was fantastic from from start to finish. Um, it was a little scrappy in places, but. I guess that's to be expected um, when it comes to pre-season fixtures. That's that's the purpose, right? It's to, to get the hands in, to get the legs moving. And um, throughout the game, the guys worked tirelessly to to stay with Streatham. Um, despite them taking a lead, we showed great resolve to get back in the game. And I thought in the third period, um, especially towards the end of the game, we really sort of started to, to show our dominance. And took away a, a very valued and, and earned win. Um, very happy with everybody, the way they performed. Um, Tyler was fantastic in net for us. Um, we had great debuts from James Lamin and Tommy Huggett and um, Stano scoring as well too. So everybody uh, contributed massively. Um, our man of the match, Matty Bell, was fantastic in defence. So I was I was really happy with that and, um, and how it all played out. And... Of course, then we take that into Sunday um, at home where we we know, of course, they will be upset by that result. Um, I think that may be even the first uh, win that we've had in or against Streatham generally in the last few years, at least, that I can remember. And so we knew, yeah, on Sunday that we're going to come in with um, a sort of renewed uh, excitement around um, wanting to put some wrongs right again. And... Um, we started very carelessly. We took three um, needless penalties, really, in the first five minutes, which put us right on the back foot. And um, oddly, uh, we managed to use that to sort of galvanise ourselves a little. And the performance for the rest of the period was fantastic. You know, we killed those penalties. We gained that momentum and uh, we scored two goals and took a, a two-goal lead. And things looked very promising and uh, very happy with the, the way we did that. We dominated them in, in that first sort of, I guess, 15, 20, sort of 15 to 19 minutes, something like that. And then, of course, right at the end of the period, they scored a, a goal. Uh, we made an error in our zone, clearing the puck, um, popped out to one of them and uh, they were in and and took advantage of that. And I think really the life um, built for them um, from from that one goal and uh, they scored quickly after we resumed playing the second. And uh, then we were always chasing. And I think generally speaking, as the game went on, we got a little bit leggy and um, didn't really have the same quality that we showed the night before. But ultimately, upon reflection, you know, I, I think, if I compare this to the start of last season where we had a, a pretty heavy loss really in our first game against um, against Streatham, we're, we're steps ahead of there, which is great. Um, but of course, what we know is that there's more in the tank, um, more to come. And as the team spends more time together, as they gel more, we will see better performances. So to share the, the spoils, I guess, across the weekend, six all, I guess, on an aggregate score, I'm very happy with it shows progression and um, like I said at the start for me it was all about putting ourselves up against the best teams in this division that's what's going to help us improve and so ultimately happy with uh, with the outcome and um, yeah just great as well to have you know all the guys the new guys especially to get their their game time in front of the home crowd on Sunday Um, it was a really uh, really cool um, fixture and 
yeah, we look forward now to getting forward um, um, into our first games and, and, and trying to to do something that we, we know we can do this year, which is be even more competitive than what we were last time and push um, on all fronts. So, um, yeah, dead excited about what's to come. Well, a massive congratulations to all the teams involved in Challenge Game action this weekend and a massive thank you to the coaches from Solihull Barons, Oxford City Stars, Stretton Redhawks and Invicta Dynamos for giving up their time uh, to, to sort of contribute to the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Um, and we'll be expecting to hear a fair bit more from Ben Painter and Carl Lennon as we go, and Simon Anderson as we go through the NIHL One South season. Now, with the Challenge Games out of the way, we're going to get on to our chat with John from NIHL Roster Updates to see all the movers and the shakers in the Britain division. Cord on this computer. Zero Pucks Given in partnership with Blades Belong on Your Feet, the charity fighting knife crime with ice skating. We are joined by John from NIHL Rosters. How you doing, fella? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad, so. I'm really good, mate. Thank you so much for joining me. And we're going to go over the uh, the movers and shakers, as I keep saying, in the in the Britain division. Um, we'll run through the clubs alphabetically, look at some of the, the big ones that have left, some of the big ones that have come in, some of the re-signings that I'm sure a lot of fans are, are quite happy about. Um, but before we, we we go into that, a little bit of background with you, because you've been doing this for a long time now, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. It's um, 14, 15 years now um, that it's been going. Um, kind of born out of necessity to begin with back in the day. I used to volunteer for, for the Brattle Bees and doing all their social media match night program in its infancy, really, because social media 15 years ago was only just starting up. I know, it would um, have been roster updates by Carrier Pigeon. Yeah, exactly. And back then, we the only online databases we had were Eurohockey.net. Anybody, a big shout out to anybody who remembers that, because you're old if you remember that. And uh, HockeyDB, which were great for historical stuff, but not great for current and up-to-date stuff. Um, and I was doing a program, so I was doing a game sheet in the middle of the program, and that's how it all started because I didn't know who other teams had, and we had to contact the program editors for other teams and kind of scratch together what information you could. That's how it started, and I thought us program editors kind of got together. We did it on a spreadsheet that got passed around, and that's how it, that's how we did it. And then I started to put it up onto like a very very basic website even more basic than it is now um and it was just a list and it was just nobody knew about it it was just as program editors had the link um and then i thought no hang on you know what fans might like this and it's the reason it started as epl rosters back in the day and kind of followed where the bees went is because i was volunteering for the bees and that, yeah. that that's kind of the league i was in so it went epl national league i think it was nhl one south for a year and then it just grew. Um, a lady called Nancy did 482 days, a Twitter account that she used to run. And she was doing the lower leagues, if that's the, the right phrase, in the national league. She was doing uh, one and two south when we were in the moving form national league. And she decided to, to give it all up and, and leave. She gave me very graciously all her historic data for one and two south so all of a sudden i'd become the custodian one and two south as well um i made the decision if i'm doing one and two south i should really do one and two north so had no historical information i had to start it one year from scratch wow. and here we are now i do national league one and two north one and two south and the snl approached me um a number of years ago now 
and I, I've been doing them for three or four years as well now. So it's it's kind of grown and grown and grown. Um, it's stopping. It's not going to get any bigger. It's nationally. <laughs> it's, it's this. It's the the main crux of it. Sorry to anyone north of the border tuning in. It's the national league and one and two south and one and two north. SNL, I don't mind doing. Um, it's sometimes problematic with the twos, north and south, and SNL because not all the teams do here. Some no. of the teams just don't bother. Based in Stoke Buffalo are a great example in in two south for years. They've not released much, if anything. Um, and I only deal in fact. So I, you need to be in one of those leagues that I cover and you need to have done a PR for a signing before I put it on my site and share it through um, Twitter and Facebook. Um, so the evolution of that now, basically from, as you said, from an Excel spreadsheet, the evolution, is it, do you have notifications set up on social media for all the clubs as soon as they post something, you know? <laughs> I did. That lasted about a week. If <laughs> I um, melt with that meltdown, one week during the off season was enough. Uh, my phone was just vibrating across the desk at work, and in the evening was just lighting up like a Christmas tree as well. So now I don't have them on notifications anymore because, again, if you average it at ten teams a league, I know some have only got eight, some have got twelve. But if we average it at ten, I'm doing six leagues. That's yeah. sixty teams, twenty players a team. 60, uh, 20 players, 60 teams. That's a hell of a lot of players. Um, so, yeah, I don't want all those notifications. Yeah, um, so, no, I, I just check it regularly during the day and in the evenings. Um, it's coming up, ironically, to my season because next week when all the teams are starting to play, there's no more signings to it. No. There'll be some comings and goings during the season. The odd import might leave here and there and be replaced. Chelmsford of Romford. They may swap players because they've got a, a history of doing so. Yeah. Um, you know, so there may be the odd player movement during the off-season, but it's you guys have had your off-season. I'm actually ironically just coming into mine. Excellent. Yeah, a well-deserved break, I'm sure. Mm, yeah. Some Friday nights during the summer have been hectic. Oh, so, Friday night, 7 o'clock. Bing, 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 yeah. Bing. Friday night, 7 <laughs> o'clock. Saturday night, 7 o'clock. And sometimes, I'll be honest, I've been starting to be open and honest on my Twitter. Um I've been at rock concerts yeah. and my phone's been in my pocket switched off. I'm sorry. I'm listening to whoever it is I'm here to listen to and I'll catch up <laughs> at all that in the morning. So, yeah, it's it can get hectic. Like you say, Friday night, 7 o'clock, Saturday night, 7 o'clock. I've got no idea what anyone's got against Monday through Thursday. Really no. But, yeah, they all, they all decide to do it at the same time. Well, I noticed in the South, too, that Lee Valley have been popping out like three and four at a time. Yeah, those, selfishly, those sometimes I love them, sometimes I hate them. Share all um, in one post. I've I've had teams do that in the past where it's been like I think Sutton Sting did it this year in North Two or North One. They just went, Oh, here's our entire squad wallet. <laughs> um it's easy for me, it's just one tweet and one Facebook, but it's a lot of work to actually put all that up on the website yeah. um, in a timely fashion as well. So yeah, if you're listening, clubs. Seven o'clock of a Friday evening, mix it up a bit. We have some other time. <laughs> okay, that's just for me, but yeah, selfishly. Yeah, I, I, fans, fans would take it any time of day. I know Chiefs did a few uh, sort of eight o'clock in the morning ones, which were, were getting people excited. So we'll start. Obviously, we're going to do the Britain South one because that's the the league that we cover here, and we'll go alphabetically. So we'll start with the champs for Chieftains. 
Um, obviously, Lewis Clifford coming in as the coach this year. So I think the fans were probably expecting a few national players to make the trip down. And, and quite a few did. In fact, the first three that were announced um, all came from the National League in Alan Lack, Jay King and Jordan Lorde. Um, as we were discussing before, fantastic netminder. Yeah. Um, which Chelsea were massively in need of because we lost two very good netminders. In fact, three, really, if you count Sonny Phillips going halfway through last season. And then yeah, not coming it was, back. It was a spot you guys definitely need to fill, definitely. Mm. And yeah, I think you've I think you've landed a beauty right there. Um, I think he's gonna become a fan favourite pretty quickly now, Jordan. Yeah, I think what one thing that shocked me more than anything, actually looking down the list of the outs, was mm. the rebuild isn't quite as big this year as it was last year. Last year, Chumps had to replace nine um from the roster. I think it was five retired. Um, lost both imports as well, both of whom were terrific in uh, Miso Karenko and Stano Laschek. So it was a big rebuild last year. Not quite as big for Lewis Clifford. He has retained quite a few. Was, yeah, that, 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 that struck me as interesting too. When you, you know, rightly or wrongly, when a new coach comes in, a lot of fans will expect a lot of movement, a lot of sort of, for want of a better phrase, clearing the decks and bringing in his guys, you know, people he's worked with before. Um they yeah, even just a quick scan. We've got at least 10, 12 players there that have re-signed. So, yeah, that did surprise me a little. Um, I think for, possibly for Lewis. I mean, I spoke to Lewis very briefly at the playoff uh, playoff finals at Milton Keynes. I think where what he'd seen of the Chieftains late in the season, they'd started, as, as we just said, you know, nine players left. They had a massive rebuild under a new coach in Mark Saunders who didn't last the season, unfortunately but it did just start to click in the last few weeks of the season. Had it not been for playing in Victor Dynamo's every other day <laughs> in, in the last last few weeks of the season, um, you could you could tell it was starting to click. So I'm not surprised he kept a lot of that core there. Um, obviously, some of the outs, there was nothing they could really do about. Czech was a, was a surprise one, especially after he got black and gold pads. <laughs> I was expecting him to stay, but um, obviously Luca Tassadri is an educational decision. He's going yeah. to uni- university up in Yorkshire, so the fantastic signing for Leeds, mm-hmm. uh, if, if anything. Um, Archie Salisbury, we didn't see as much of him as we'd have liked because that boy is quality. Um, and he's obviously going to be playing for Peter Phantoms in the National. Um, but Callum Burnett to Stretton, that hurt. That really hurt. Yeah, I can imagine that one didn't <laughs> sit right. No, and that was, I think that was the. Um, Jumpsford actually didn't really say about anyone leaving. They didn't put out any announcements of who was leaving. So we all found out that he'd left Jumpsford by Stretton posting that they'd signed him. Yeah, I find that an interesting one, um, not just in that signing, but it's something I've picked up a lot on in doing the roster site over the years is for ages there was never teams that did what I would say goodbye PRs. It was always we've signed these guys and there was never a see you later. Here. Um that's crept in more and more. So I was, I was surprised that that didn't happen, mm. especially, especially where he was going. Yeah, and and he was our captain last year as well, yeah, and, exactly, and, he, so. and an incredibly popular figure on and off the ice. You would have expected, even after you guys had read about it from Stratum, you would maybe have expected something from Charles would maybe sort of saying, not necessarily all the best, because maybe they don't want to wish him all the best. No. given where he's gone but you know thanks for thanks for being around thanks for being a yeah. chief you know thanks for thanks for everything but 
Yeah, it's, it's strange. Some clubs I find do do that and do it, you know, do it well. Other clubs, it, I guess it's a weird one because I suppose, truth be told, at the end of the year, and the day after the playoff final, I suppose technically all the players are out of contract. Unless yeah. they're on a multi-year deal, which there's not many in the... Swindon tend to do multi-year deals and Leeds have followed suit. Mm. Um, yeah, there's not many on multi-year deals. So I, I kind of guess some teams maybe don't see the need because it's like, well... You know, they're gone as anyway a, until as they're the final, he's not actually our player. Um, but yeah, it's, like you say, when it's your captain... It's that that smacks a little strange that yeah. there was no nothing else. He did send me a nice text message. He, he's he's a he's a lovely lad, and I I do wish him well at Streatham, and I think I think he will do well there because he is a good lad and a good player. Yeah, like you said, it's it's interesting that you didn't have as big a turnover. I mean, I'm just having a quick skim. I don't want to rush ahead when we're doing alphabetical order. The outs on my site for most of the teams in one south don't have a lot of people leaving. No, um, you know you're not the only ones with a with a small out field. Well, I mean, I think possibly in general. I mean, it's probably something we could touch on once we've gone through everything. Do you think that the commitment for the national level is becoming too much for some of these young men who have got jobs and families? I one hundred percent believe that. Yeah. Mm. So I the NHL one just might suit them a little bit better. No midweek games, and I would agree wholeheartedly. I would. Hate to do it, I would point at Streatham and I would immediately say if you look at two thirds of that roster at Streatham, they could be playing nationally mm. and they're not. So that's got to be by choice. Um, Streatham's not the easiest place to get to either. No, no. So and, again, and, and it's got to be by choice. Yeah. And as I've discussed as well in the, the season ticket manifesto before, they're competing with professional football. They've got mm. Crystal Palace and AFC Wimbledon, a stone's throw from, from their rink. Exactly, but I I just think the what you're saying there about the um, commitment. It's two games a weekend. It's not always that way with the uh, one sale. Some weekends you have a weekend off. Yeah. You don't get weekends off in the national league. You're playing every weekend, one game at least, maybe two. More often than not, in the south you've got less games. You were saying earlier, um, season ticket chance of you say 18 games it covers. Yes. So, so 36 game season, 40 games, you know, even if you include the playoffs, maybe 50 game total, including preseason and stuff. I think the NHL National is like 52 game regular season or something. That's not including preseason's playoffs and everything else. So it's it's a heck of a commitment. And like you say, young families, most of the players, again, sorry, looking at Stratton, Chelmsford, and Victor when I say this, some of those guys aren't getting any younger. And I'm like, mm. a great little player for Chelmsford that they've managed to pick up. I'm sure he might won't be saying it. He's not getting any younger. Um, let me miss the Mr. Lack. <laughs> he's got kids. So, yeah, maybe the Bees two games a weekend, having to travel up to Telford and Sheffield, Hull, and now chucking Solway as well. Mm. Um, maybe some of these players are thinking, you know what, they'd rather stay local. I'd rather stay in the South. I'd rather have a few less games a season. Then yeah. one South is looking competitive. So why not? Yeah. Not be hurting quite as much on a Monday morning as well. Well, yeah, I'm sure <laughs> a um, couple of hours back from Invicta rather than six or seven hours or whatever it is up to Solway. Yeah, I don't know which I'd rather be doing. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're going to have to double double header those games in some way. <laughs> I would I would think so. I've talked yeah. about it with others. I think that, that that's going to have to be part of the deal. You can't be bouncing all over the country. I mean, it's not... I don't think it's as far as some people make out. But again, if you look at Northern Sound, then all of a sudden, yeah, that's a, that would be a trip and a half if you should step up from one South to National League as a player. Furthest you're going is what? Invicta East. Yeah. Um, that's probably as far as you're going for most teams. That's that's not so well. <laughs> no. So, I mean, from that Chieftains roster then, was there any one signing in particular that sort of caught your eye and thought, hmm, that's a good one, I like that? I'm going to be a little cheeky and do a couple if I can. I yeah. think Jordan Law Day... That should make a break right there. Um, it really is. I think you've got a good one. And I think he's he's going to do very, very well. Um, Alan Lack, I think, is going to bring energy. Lots of energy. Um, and Horton Barnes Garner is an interesting one to me. He's obviously worked with Lewis Clifford before. Mm. Um, so, yeah, him and Ben Russell coming down from Milton Keynes Lightning. Yeah. Those are the three or four that I think have impressed and stood out for me. You've got a new import to the country. Um, the thing with imports is you just don't know. Not until they get here and hit the ice, you don't know what they're going to be like in the dressing room, how they're going to gel with the other players, how it's going to work out on the ice. New imports are just a lottery. Um, they are. There were fans look at stats on paper. Obviously, coaches look at more than just stats on paper, or at least we all hope they do. Um, but yeah, just a lottery. That guy, that guy could be the next best thing, or you could be packing his bags three or four weeks into the season. You just yeah. I think fortunately, with a lot of the a lot of the a lot of the college players from stateside, there's a lot of game tape available, isn't there? So they're um yeah they can do their homework. I said my two I was going to give out were Damon Porter. I'm looking forward to sort of seeing what what he's all about. Um, and the biggest one for me that we kept was the other import, Sasha Maltsev, who was a little unlucky last year because obviously when with the import rule, when Czech was on the ice, Maltsev couldn't be on the ice. Ah, of course, yeah. So he missed out with a, with a lot of ice time there. But towards the end of the season, one, the form of Lukas Asadri, and two, the form of Maltsev when he was playing was keeping Czech out because he was he was just too good to drop. So it's um yeah I think seeing him get some more ice time this year he's already a fan favourite he's he's a good lad and obviously the the whole club and everyone's really sympathetic to what's going on in his home country um and his dad who's a fantastic fellow is always keeping me up to date with with how they're doing over there so it's um yeah I'm, yeah I'm looking forward to seeing him go again so we move down alphabetically now and we just hop over the Dartford Bridge and into Kent to the uh, the Invicta Dynamos uh, kept Carl Lennon. That for me is one of their biggest re-signings because uh, we we discussed on uh, one of the episodes last season towards the end when me and Anthony Russell reviewed the season, the whole of that team see that man like a life coach, and they all seem to have their heads screwed on and they will skate through brick walls for him. That's that's the kind of coach you need, and mm. those are the kind of coaches that players want to play for. Like you say, there's. Players, coaches, there's coaching coaches, and then there's guys that just are like a surrogate dad. Yeah, and those are those are the coaches that players trip over each other to go to go and play for because you're not just getting you're not just getting to get uh, to get to whack a buck around the ice sheet. You're getting what you say life skills, life coaching, and just the general good guy. So yeah, that's 
that's the bedrock that your team's built on, then that's where you got to go. Yeah, and again, as you were saying, you know, not great deal of outs. Um, no, not no, I mean, there is an out that isn't on there because he's, he's suspended for two years. <laughs> <laughs> and here, I think he will be a big miss because that guy played a lot of ice in the last couple of years for them. Sometimes, I think, well over half an hour of, of a game, he would be on there. Yeah, it kind of throws back to imports of old, doesn't it, where imports used to be on the ice for like 50 minutes a game. Mm. <laughs> But he's a, yeah, I think that's that's a big miss. But I think they've they've done well to to build a roster where they shouldn't miss him. Um, and yeah, again, an import that could be a bit of a lottery as well. Well, again, yeah, it's especially as he's not been playing for a while as well, so even more of a lottery. Um, the the one thing that strikes me, and I don't know, maybe you can fill me in this because it's been bothering me ever since I typed it up on that website. Is there was Colvin going to Leeds? Yes. I'm trying to find out what that's about. Is that another? He's too old to be going to college or uni. I'm and not, he's been I'm, in Victor for what? From what I can remember, forever. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was just an opportunity, whether they fancied signing him, and he he's relocated for it. Maybe got a job up there. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was thinking. But I mean, that that, that as a, a signing out was a surprise to me because I think he's been there for, for quite a while. Um, obviously, when you get someone retired, Tom Davis retiring, you know, maybe the uh, what we were just talking about with NIHL National being a bit too um, commitment heavy. Sometimes players just have enough, I guess, don't they? So yeah, you, you've lost one there. Um, I think the one that jumps out for me there was a couple. But it's Dan Scott. Yeah. Um, everybody knows Dan Scott. Everybody knows what he's capable of. Um, that's that's a big sign-on to me. And then one out of left field was Ollie Bonham. Um, I know Ollie Bonham from my time at the Bees. We had him for a season at the Bees. Um, but again, he's another one that hasn't played in a long, long time. Um, we're not talking a year or two. We're talking quite a long time, but he's not been playing. Not yeah. saying he hasn't been skating, but he's, he's not played. And I don't know. It's like riding a horse. You are riding a bike. You don't forget how to do it. Well, as but, it's dyna- as it's dynamos, I think we will say riding a horse. Yeah, riding a horse. But yeah, he's, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you know. It, it, it was just a bit of a weird one. I, I remember seeing the press release, and I, you know, had to read it two or three times to make sure that I was actually getting it right. Um, now, all the best to him. He does well, but it, it just that one kind of came. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I, feel. Mm. I mean, um, it's it's a team that I the the only team I saw more than Chelmsford last year was Invicta because Chelmsford played them ten times over the course of the season. <laughs> um, so we we really did see what they were all about. Obviously, Euro Hushka was a massive part of of what they did. So, and I, and I think Owen Dell when Owen Dell came in, he made a massive difference last year. Um, but he's going to be on a two way with the Raiders this year, so. Not, yeah, not too sure how much we're going to see of him in South One. No, that, that those sort of two ways do make make interesting reading. I mean, they've got some others obviously with their two side, the Mustangs, and you know those those make more sense. Um, but yeah, I, I always feel that when you see that resigned and on a two way deal with the Raiders, so let's say how much how much time are in Victor actually going to see him? I guess it depends on how well the Raiders are doing. 
um, whether they feel they can let him go. Yeah. Must be a reasoning behind the two way. Um, so. Yeah, I, I think they've got two two fantastic Nessies as well. You know, Owen Ryder and Tyler Dillabatouche. Yeah, Tyler turned some heads up in the National League uh, at Peterborough. So, yeah, that's that's not, not a shabby signing at all. Yeah, uh, I mean, as we discussed with, with the Chieftains, with Jordan Lauday and, and Ethan Frayne, of course, who's come in from Bristol. Um, that's the that's the base, isn't it? It's the foundation of everything you do on the ice is, is having a good netty. So that's, um yeah, certainly a good good start from them. Stano Laschek, he was one I really wanted to see come back to Chelmsford. Um not only because he's on the back of my Chiefs jersey, but um, yeah, just just an incredible player. I will be talking to Stano actually in a couple of weeks, so I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, he's he's been quality for for years as uh, Stano. He's yeah, he's he's a solid import on that level. In fact, probably better than solid. That's maybe doing a bit of service. Um, but yeah, I'm sure you a bit the you guys are always fighting over him, I guess. But so move one out again. Yeah. Uh, so, anyone in that particularly stick out? Well, like I say, big one was Dan Scott. Stuck out a mile for me. I was, I was um, surprised, mm. but you know, not surprised that he's still playing. But yeah, um, big sign in there, I think. And then, yeah, Lashik, obviously, the new import. Like we just said with the last new import, roll the dice. Take yeah. chances. We'll, we'll see how that pans out. Um, yeah. I am intrigued to see the link up, not just for the Mustangs, um, but you know they've they've picked up a couple of players from Stratton Blackhawks and um, a young kid from Chelmsford. So they're obviously out and about scouting, hunting, looking. Yeah, he um, was going to be he was going to be my one. The one that stuck out for me was Harrison Prentice. Um, Obviously, covering Chelmsford a lot last year, I got to sort of see a lot of game sheets, hear a lot of, a lot of game talk, and as much as I could try and see online of anything, and just what from people have told me, the kid is mustard, and not only is he quality, he's got his feet on the ground and he's a good lad, which is um, yeah, rave and rave review. So that's from from his his peers as well. You know, senior players in the Chieftains who, who have seen him play up. And and they've said, Jay, he's got he's got it all. So a shame for Chumps to, to lose a player like that. that. That's what I was about to say. It's a shame that if he's been through the 16s and 18s at, at Chelmsford, that the uh, the chieftains of the Warriors haven't kind of looked to continue that unless he's got a work arrangement or where he lives is Invictus more attractive. Yeah. The, uh, moving from Invicta then down to Milton Keynes Thunder, I think these do have the largest outs. I think for, from this year. Yeah, from what I from what I can see, yeah. which which is quite worrying because it's you know we sort of we jested before earlier, and and I said at the end of last season, I I thought possibly moving them down to NRHL two would be a good move for them, uh, and perhaps bring in Bristol or Peterborough or Guildford up to to fill fill the spot, but. Yeah, I think with with what they've lost, and obviously halfway through the season they lost Tom Carlon last year. Yeah, that was huge. But they've uh, they've bought they've they've linked with the Lightning, haven't they? And through the academy, and they're really trying to push the youth envelope. Yeah, it's it's something that the Thunder and the Lightning never really seem to do. There always seem to be a disconnect, a disjoint, 
I look at Invicta with the Mustangs and the Dynamos, I look at the Warriors and the Chieftains, you know, there's always been some kind of path, there's always been some kind of link. The, the teams, for want of a better phrase, the teams seem to get on. There doesn't seem to be any kind of disconnect, but for years with the Thunder and the Lightning, I don't know if it's the, the gap in quality or what, but there always seems to have been a massive disconnect, like one just pretended the other didn't even exist. Mm. Now this year, not only are they linking up with the juniors beneath, the Lightning all of a sudden taking an interest in them. And if you look at the list there, there's at least, what, eight or nine that are on two ways with the MK Lightning. Yeah. Um, now that's good. Get some quality players potentially, but it's also bad because how often are you going to get them? How disrupted are the lines going to be if, the lightning just kind of reach into your squad and take out two or three players at the weekend, then you've got to adjust and fill those gaps because all of a sudden your center on your first line, your right winger on your second line, and your best 2D have all just been lifted by the lightning. Yeah. And the, and and the, ha- the Hamill brothers this weekend sort of shown that, you know, are they, are they perhaps too good for that level or are the lightning going to be picking them out, you know, on the regular? Whereas they yeah. could probably do a really good job for the Thunder in the one. Exactly. And that's the thing. What do the Thunder want to do is the big question. Do the Thunder want to improve from, let's face it, being down the lower end of the table every year? Are they looking to improve and move on up? Or, dare I say it, are the Lightning, the Lightning using them as a sort of squad extension? Because obviously with the new rules about age groups and the amount of players you can have and what age groups they have to be in and everything else. It kind of looks a little like they might be using the Thunder as kind of a two-team, but there's a lot of two-way players there. I mean, if you look at someone, just for example, Chelsea and Victor that we've just been through, yeah, they've got some two-ways with the Mustangs, but two or three players. And those players are probably going to step up to the Dynamo's a few times in the season, not mm. regularly. But it's but not yeah, eight okay. or nine that you're hoping can no, come exactly. down, is it? You've got eight or nine, and who holds the priority? Yeah. Is it the Thunder holding the priority, or is it the Lightning? Because the Lightning inadvertently could really affect the Thunder's season, depending how deep down they have to reach. I mean, they shouldn't have to reach down that much, because they've got a big enough squad of their own anyway. But... I'd be worried if I was a Thunder fan, just who you're going to see each week when you show up to a home game or an away game. Who's actually going to be there playing that night? And in the last couple of years as well, I I know last season they were beaten 22-0 by Streatham. The season before that, they were beaten 19-0 by Chelmsford. It doesn't really do anything for them or for the league or for the sport to to see that happening. Again, I said it earlier about imports being on the ice for 50-odd minutes back in the day. We used to see huge scorelines like that back in the day, even in the, you know, the upper leagues. But yeah, that doesn't help anybody. Um, I don't personally see what anybody's going to learn from taking a 22 mil kicking from no. strap. It's, no. it's not going to develop anybody. It's not going to help anybody. It's, it's going to have a negative effect, if anything, obviously. Um, players can't just wash that off and go and play the next game. You know, 22 mil is it's not just a hammer and that's embarrassing. Yeah. Um, and not only that, if you're a fan, 
back in the day with the bees, I was a fan and I remember being 20 on nil score lines and by about the fifth or sixth goal, you were bored. It was very much like... Yeah, even well, if you're winning by that score, yeah. It's... Yeah, you're not cheering the 22nd goal. You're kind of ironically giving it, yay. You know, that's about all you can muster because mm. it's 22 goals. It doesn't help anybody. And I hope for the funders' sake that those days are gone and that with some of these names that they've got in two ways that they can overcome that kind of whipping boy image. Yeah. You know, oh, we've got the thunder. Well, okay. Then it worry about whether we're going to win tonight or not. It's about how many we win. Tonight. Hopefully yeah. that goes away. I, I hope so as well. It makes for a more competitive league, more interesting games. Um, it's not nice to have one team that are the whipping boys. And like you say, with it, with these lads that they've got on two ways, if they can keep them for good runs of games and get some settled lines, I think they can cause some upsets. Yeah, I mean, apart from all those two ways, there's a small core that have stayed. Um, they've picked up some others from the Buffalo, from junior teams like the Raiders under-18s and things. The players they've lost, Wally Nags has actually come your way. Eddie Shelmers yeah. in. He's on the two-way with the, with the Bees in the National League. Um, a couple off to Oxford. One move yeah. north to Solihull. Um, you know, it's... Yeah, Charlie well, Otwell, who's who's moved to Slough. Um, yeah, it's it, it, it's going to be an interesting one. That they're going to be they're going to be hit or miss at the Thunder. Um, just yeah. purely because of those two ways. So, and like we keep popping on, so many of them. Um, yep. Some great names, but how often are they going to be in a Thunder shirt? Is the big question. Yeah, the the one that really caught my eye was um, was one of the outs actually. It was Vincent Graziano going to Finland. Yeah. Which is a great opportunity for a good young netminder. Yeah, it's it's good to see um, British players taking their chances abroad. It doesn't happen very often. Um, but I do like to see it when it does and wish him all the best. Yeah. And of course, Charlie Ottawell, I think it was that was a change in circumstance, really, because he signed for Thunder. And then it was revealed that he'd actually he wouldn't be able to play for Thunder. So he has gone to, to Slough Jets. Yeah, Charlie's um, a Bracknell lad. Um, Bracknell through and through, Bracknell Juniors all the way through up until I want to say drones. I'm not sure if he played for the Hornets or not. Um, and then didn't play, kind of grow out of hockey from what I know of him. And then all of a sudden landed at the Thunder. Um, he lives and works in Bracknell. Um, actually works at the Ozone Rink. Um, Danny Myers. Yeah, he has he has threatened to drag me down there and skate me up, I think. <laughs> yeah, so he's, uh, he's gonna be on with does, me in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Well, you get the full story out of him then, but it doesn't surprise me that he's moved to uh, to Slough, obviously more local for him, a lot more local for him. Um and a lot of the Slough and Bratton lads will know him from uh, his time at the hive. So yeah, that one doesn't surprise me at all that he's, he's moved. It surprises me he re-signed and then there's obviously a change of circumstance, but I'm sure when you have him on in a couple of weeks, you can get the full story out of him. Yeah, I'm sure we will. Lovely. So we'll move on from the Thunder and we'll move slightly across the uh, that top end of the country over to Oxford. Um, Simon Anderson back in charge. Obviously, a big signing they made was Czech from um, from Chelmsford. That's um, going to be as, as good for PR as I think it is for ice hockey because he's it's, there's no point peeing around the bush. People come and watch when he's playing. Oh, without a doubt. Um, you know, big name like that. In a, okay, in another sport, but that doesn't matter. Big name like that. I think when he was playing for the Phoenix, I heard stories of 
you know, the rink there being packed um, mm. for, a, for a Phoenix home game. Um, and, you know, they used to get in, you know, they're disrespected. Then they were used to get one man and a dog. And then all of a sudden, they were getting hundreds, pushing a thousand people show up for a, for a Phoenix home game. And the Phoenix yeah. must have known it was coming. You can't sign somebody like that and keep it under the radar. Um, but yeah, that's a big signing for Oxford. It would be interesting to see how Oxford PR that, how they parlay that signing into you know PR work and bums on seats. Um, yeah. It's like you say, dude, that, that can't do anything but help. No, no. And I did I did have a, a small ask with him to come on the podcast when he was at Chelmsford, but we couldn't ever uh, line up a calendar. So I've got Shane from Oxford working on that for me. <laughs> yeah, Shane will do his bloody best, I'm sure. If he's got his head screwed on, Shane will be getting him on every pod and every show he can. Yeah. Um, just to get the word out there. But yeah, that's it'd be interesting to know how that signing came around. Um because yeah. no disrespect to Shane Moore. I'm sure Shane Moore didn't have better checks by number in his uh on his speed dial on his phone. So I'd love to know how that signing actually came about. Yeah, well, I think they've done quite well, actually, Oxford. I mean, it's we're going to do the full uh, preview of the season next week with Anthony Russell, but I'm really excited about the Oxford roster. Yeah, they've they've gone around and, and done some digging, haven't they? They've, they've bounced around the leagues. They've picked up a few. Again, unlike most teams have done, they've re-signed a core. It was mm. a good eight or ten there that back and why not because you know they didn't do do bad last year they've benefited from Bays and Stokes temporary hopefully demise them we've got Thomas Banner and Marcus Mitchell and when you've got Anthony on next week from Banners on the Wall he will talk to you a lot about Marcus Mitchell Um, he's got a lot of time for that lad so that's a good signing Um, just having a quick scan down now, well, they lost one of their imports. Obviously, Xander Wardlaw went back to Australia to play in the summer, and he's yeah. ended up at the Edinburgh Capitals, I believe. Yeah, somebody's getting the uh, the air miles in there, isn't he? All the way to Australia, and then all the way up to uh, Edinburgh. So, yeah, he's getting himself about a bit and fair play, you know, if, if you can. Um, and then, like you said, they've also signed. We've got another import coming in from Australia. Um, Darcy Fagan. Yeah. Yeah, from from what I hear from this weekend's game, incredibly physical player. Yeah, kind of fits in with Oxford. Yeah, and did did enjoy himself uh, at Solihull at the weekend. Apparently, he landed an enormous body check after about five seconds. (laughs) So he's certainly announced himself to the Oxford fans. And their other import as well, another big physical lad, Dylan Hullaby, who they've also already referred to as the (laughs) Holdozer. That could be interesting then. Yeah, two big guys thrown away about it. Could be in, could be a new uh yeah, well, new I, style had, for them. I had Dylan's dad Rod on the podcast a, a few weeks back, and as soon as it was the net well, but even before it was announced that Dylan was coming to Oxford, his dad had kind of put the feelers out with myself and with Anthony, um, possibly even with Michael from Pucking Mad as well. To sort of ask, you know, what is the league like? What's it all about? What's Oxford like as an organisation, their their facilities and whatnot? And I'm assuming he, he got all positive feedback. I, I certainly gave him positive feedback. Um, Dylan's mother was born in Oxford, so he is half English, half American. There you go. Um, so that, I think that was what sort of ticked the box for him when, when they offered him a chance to go, go and play for Oxford. 
but the his dad did send me some videos of him playing at, at college level and I think this kid's going to be really exciting. Yeah, it's exciting times at Oxford. They've, they've had a little bit of change in and out, but for the, for the most part, have stuck with it. You know, say two new imports coming in, three if you include Czech. Um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting year for them. Mm. Yeah, and I, I'd like to I'd like to say I think it would actually see them finishing a bit higher. Um, than they did last year. I mean, last year was so tight. I think they were probably only two results away from finishing third. Because um... it was a tight league last year, so yeah, like you say, depending on how many games they get out of check as well. That's the, that's the other question. Um, if he's you know committing for the full season and can play most games, then yeah, that's mm. what we were talking about earlier. That's a big big rock to be building on uh, yeah. from the back end. Well, they have got three netminders. Obviously, they've got Czech, um, they've got Miller, and they have also signed Joe Dolin, who's who's come come back after a number of years out of the game. Yeah, that makes me wonder if what I was just saying about how many games Czech's actually going to be playing or available for is that yeah. why they've got uh, Miller and Dolin. Um, yeah, yeah. Backup, I mean, it could backup, be. But... Yeah, I know at Chelmsford he mainly played the home games because obviously then you're getting the people in the rink and Chelmsford was selling out the rink every week sure. um, which considering the season they had you'd, you'd have to say it was the check factor that did that yeah. because the performances weren't weren't really brilliant um, despite some some good results sort of spotted around the season but, uh, if um, I was Shane Moore I'd be trying to follow that same lead I'd be, I'd be asking him to play as many home games as possible and maybe not you know maybe not bother about road games so maybe that's the plan maybe that's why um They've worked in Joe Dolan. Maybe Miller's going to do the vast majority of the away games, check the home games, and Dolan's, you know. Injury cover. Injury cover, backup, whatever you want to call him, bless him for the other two. Yeah. And like I say, a few outs actually at Oxford, not quite as many as MK, but um, obviously Zander Wardlaw is, is going to be a big miss. But I think Joe Llewellyn could be a big miss as well because that, that guy's a monster on the ice. He's gone down to Solent. Yeah, that's a, that's a good pick-up for Solent for sure. And then we've got a couple who've gone down to Bristol too as well. So, mm. yeah, they, they've had a, a bit of a turnover. One of the bigger turnovers. I mean, it's close. I think most of the teams in this league are four, five or six out. They're not, you know, nobody's swept the board and got rid of 10 as well or anything major or dramatic like that. I'm not, I'm not really looking forward to getting down to Solent in October and seeing how much space is going to be on that rink if you've got Alex Murray, Joe Llewellyn, and Mark Pitts all on there at the same time. They've got big, big guys in a, in a very small rink. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's definitely going to be uh, right. Then we'll head down the M40, around the M25, and back down the A12 to the newly named Romford Buccaneers. I must admit, I'm liking that. I like teams to have their own identity. I'm not a fan. Sorry, anybody. So anybody that's listening that's a fan of a two team, I'm not a fan of Peter Fanon's two, Swindon Wildcats two, um, you know, Victor Mustangs and Victor Dynamos, Wolfen Raiders or Raiders IHC or whatever they have to call themselves. Um, and the one for Buccaneers. I like teams having their own identity. It means you can do your own merchandise. It means you can do your own chance if you're in the crowd and you're chanting along or singing along or whatever. You, you can build on an identity. Mm. Um, they do they have their own fan base as well the, the buccaneers back from being raiders junior or raiders 2 they 
they do have their own fans and they when they come down to Chelmsford they pack that away end every single time and that's again that's the important thing your own brand your own fans you like I think back and you have to forgive me a minute I'm just thinking back to my Bracknell days but when the bees were there and we had all the junior teams all the way down throughout the damn Bracknell ice hockey club the junior organization they all had their own names it was the Hornets for the uh, ENL or did one team and then you had the drones and then you had everything you can think of under the sun that was anything to do with these. <laughs> you had buzzers, you had stingers, you had, I can't even remember, worker bees, you know, everything was bees related. Um, but they had their own name. So you weren't Brattle Bees or Brattle Hornets under 18s or under 16. They were. <laughs> they were yeah. the under 16s team. But the under 16s team was known as, I think it was the worker bees. And then you had the stingers with the under 14s. And Sometimes they changed around, the names changed. Um, they'd mix and match, they'd swap age groups and stuff. But I just like teams having their own identity. It's, I don't think, I'm just having a quick scroll down there, you don't have one now in, in Div 1 South that is a two-team in no, name. There no, may be a two-team in, in reality, but they've all got their own identity, they've all got their own, hopefully their own fan base. Own merch, own jerseys. You know, it means you can you can be yourselves rather than just be. Oh yeah, that's the B team for the Raiders. Yeah, I, I, the Raiders this year. They had a great year last year. Um, ended up getting to the playoff semi-finals. Um, and taking the lead against Streatham actually in the playoff semi-finals, which was it made for an exciting few minutes until until they got <laughs> their heads about them and, and took control of the game. Um, but I was then about kept... to say how long would that last? Yeah, it wasn't long, but it was it, it did make it entertaining. Uh, Jason Buckman's come back in as the as the coach, and they have kept a massive core together from last year. Yeah, and added some good youngsters. Out. First thing that jumps out, isn't it? That just looking at that page there, you've got what, 10, 12, maybe more mm. resigns. And, and I think Ellie Wakelin might be the. I think she's the only girl playing in the in the one south. Oh, is she? Okay. I believe so. Yeah. I think there's a couple in the two south as well. There's a couple in that one, doesn't there? Yeah, I think there's um, there's a girl at Bristol. Can't remember her name. Uh, Kayla Paul at Oxford Rising Stars. She's she's incredible. But um, yeah, yeah, it's good to see. I, 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 yeah, the women. I think the women's, Yeah, the women's game is growing brilliantly, and it's such a rare sport where you can have them playing together. Yeah. That, that those that are able to compete absolutely get them playing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's the years. It never happened, or if it did, they were always netminders. Um, so it's good to see Ellie and others breaking that mold and showing that it can be done. Yeah, they've um, with the youngsters they've signed, there's a few of them actually that have come straight from under 18s and they've gone on to two ways with the Raiders. So that really does sort of show the the impressive level that some of these youngsters are playing at. Um, yeah. one, one of them is actually Ellie Wakelin's brother, Brindley Caps. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's uh he's come from the Raiders under 18s and he's gonna be on a two-way with the Raiders in the National and with the Buccaneers. Uh Joe Tamarlin from Chelmsford, again, similar mold to Harrison Prentice. It's a real shame for Chelmsford losing these these quality youngsters to their local rivals. Yeah, you never want to see that. Um I, I think the thing with the South one has always been the sort of trifecta originally 
of like Romford and Burton Chelmsford. Um, and to a lesser extent, you could almost throw Stratham on there. But yeah, Romford, Chelmsford and Invicta, as long as I've been doing this um, roster site, there's always been players moving between those three clubs. And there's always been juniors been snapped up by other clubs, uh, like you say, going to them being the latest example, you know, and Romford have managed to get him um, from Chelmsford under 18. So it's nice having those local rivalries. I'm sure the clubs love it for the, uh, the coffers when you got bums on seats for those games. But at the same time, I'm sure that the head coaches and the junior coaches don't love it so much when players are heading down the road to a rival rather than, you know, coming through all the way through um, the home team. Yeah. And that, that Essex rivalry between Buccaneers and Chelmsford is fantastic. The the real Essex derby, as we call it. Colchester United against South End can do one. This is the real Essex derby. It's <laughs> a proper derby. Yeah. Uh, See, so yeah, I mean, from that, like I say, they've retained so many players, which which is good because they did have a really good core. Um, the biggest one for me is probably Sonny Phillips. Yeah, that's... Again, isn't it funny how we're always talking about that? Um, mm. Yeah, that's again, that's I'm just looking, sorry, I'm pausing as well as a woman a bit. I'm just realizing that I can't see a backup. Um, obviously, they must have one. I'm just obviously announced it yet. Or if they have, it's, it's going to be a kid from the 18s. But yeah, uh, that's. Yeah, with Dylan Phillips going to the Blackhawks, yeah, that's uh, that does kind of leave him there on his Todd. Yeah, and we must have something. But, they, yeah, they'll have to sort something because he's famously and notoriously unavailable between December and January. Um, because of his I can, work. Think, I can I can think of another netminder who used to play at Stratton and Bracknell for a long time that was exactly the same. Yeah, it's because of his work commitments. I, I did theorise that he actually might be Santa. But, <laughs> I but, think uh, the player I'm referring to, I think, yeah, he used to go skiing. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> Just could tell the club when they signed for the start of the season I won't be around in December. Deal, <laughs> deal with it. <laughs> Quite the opposite for for Sun. I think Sunny's actually in Dubai at the moment, so that's a, a slightly different holiday than skiing. Yeah, exactly. But, but no, um, no, big signing, big re-signing for them. Um, you know, like we said before, you start at the back and you work out with your with your rosters, or at least that's how I would do it. Yeah. And yeah, Sunny's Sunny's quality, so they've got that got that wrapped up well. And in Courtney Grant, they've got you know 20, 25 points a season guaranteed there through through Courtney Grant. So yeah, I'd I'd, I'd probably see a, a consolidation season from them this year, something similar, sort of around mid table, slightly lower. Another interesting thing that I've just picked up on as well: no imports. No, not one. No, the, I think because obviously uh, Migas Canis kind of doesn't qualify as an import, does he? Because he was no, he was trained here. Another yeah, one who's was... left Chelmsford and gone to Romford. Yeah, no, he was for train seeds one, and yeah, but yeah, no import at all. So, no, the, the loss of no, the loss of Harvey Briggs is a big loss. Oh, he's a very, very talented young player. Yeah, and no surprise that Stratton have come calling. No, no, no surprise. And he's already been on the score sheet this weekend as well. So he's um, I think he'll do very well. already. I think he'll do very well. So we're we're not say so we're testing my geography, but um I've been driving around this country for the last twenty years, so my geography is impeccable. We're going to head back round the M25 and over towards I would assume somewhere near your neck of the woods and head to the Jets. Yeah, just uh, still on the M4 from here in Bracknell. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so 
no real surprise from Lucas. A lot of re-signings, a lot of young players. Mm. Um, kind of a trademark of, of Lucas. Um, just have a quick scan here. Well, I, f- I mean, I found it was their downfall last year. And it was the only thing that was really their downfall because they had a fantastic season, finished third, mainly on goals scored because I think third, fourth, fifth and sixth all on the same points. Um, or it would have been on the head-to-heads. Some fantastic players that are very fast, very physical, but occasionally the more experienced teams would let them lose their heads. And then yeah. they get beaten. And, that, and that's surprising um, with Lucas. Lucas, back when he was a player, had a temper. But the way he coaches players, that does surprise me. But yeah, if, if, even if you just take a, a quick scan down that list, okay, players are all a year older, obviously. Mm. But there's no real obvious experienced level head leader that I see jump out in that team to me. Um, so well, ja- ja- yeah, Jacob White say I think is probably likely to to either have a C or an A this year. Um, yeah. he's, he's the Great Britain under 18s captain. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is on a two way with Bristol, so I do worry how much they'll have him. Well, that, that happened to them last season, and it's happening again this season. We've got Christian Moore, and he's re signed with them, but he's now since been announced on a two way with Bristol. Um, yeah. They've already lost Lukey Smith to Bristol full time. Um, they lost one of the netminers, Brett Shepherd's gone for the bees. Um, so yeah, the the two ways it does make you wonder, Jacob White saying, Christian Moore, just how much you are going to see that say. Mm. Um, uh, Christian Moore is actually on with us in at the end of September, I think. Yeah, so he might, he might be able to give you some insight there, but yeah, yeah, it's it's a weird one to me with Slough and the Bees um, being in the same rank that they. Haven't ironed out their differences and come up with some two ways. There must be someone outsider looking in, and you know, I've not been around the bees for three or four years now. It strikes me that there must still be something not right behind the scenes for people like Christian Moore and Jacob White say to be on two ways with Bristol. Um, yeah, which, which that's not around the, the bush. That's 90 miles down the M4. And that's my point. And yeah, yeah, they could be playing at home, they could be playing at home for the Jets on a Saturday. And they could be playing at home for the bees on a Sunday, or vice versa, um, and being in the same room. Um, and yeah, like you said, 90 mile trip up to Bristol. And Lukey Smith has gone to Bristol full time. Mm. I was surprised to see Christian Moore not go full time to Bristol. Might be why for educational commitments that mean that that's not happening. Um, we don't know. Same with Jacob White, say. But yeah, it seems that Bristol and Slough have. They've linked up, even if it's unofficially. <laughs> it's a lot of it's a lot of movement and two ways between those. Yeah, um, I say, and it's a lot of re-signings. I mean, there's look flicking through here. There's not a great deal of of new players that have come in. No, because even Christian Moore and Jacob White say they're re-signings just on two ways. Okay, from Cathcart, but he's re-signing and he's kind of been two way and bouncing between them and um, Basingstoke, both Buffalo and Bison last year as well. So. Mm. If you look at it, I think Charlie Otwell is their only new signing. Yeah. Um, and... You've got the netmind that were given has stepped up from the 18s, um, but he was playing at Slough 18s anyway. So, yeah. yeah. 
And the only thing that worries me, yeah, the only thing that worries me for Slough then is that I think all the other teams around them have improved, and and they could. Be and that's still. the thing, yeah. They, they've they've done all the re-signings, added Charlie Ottawa, and they've lost Brett Shepherd, who, from what I've seen of him, is a quality netminder. Yeah. Um, and they've lost Lukey Smith, who is fast if nothing else. He's absolute speed on that kid. Mm. Um, I think they're such a young side that they always play a very fast attacking game. Yeah, but, yeah, definitely. But yeah, like I say, the physical side kind of let the, they didn't suffer I, too many defeats, but that's where it let them down last year was the physical side. And I'm with you. I, I genuinely think that all those re-signings, no real additions, no imports for Slough, but that's how they roll. But again, no imports, uh, complete pretty much re-signing. Every other team in the league has moved, moved on. Imports are coming in. New imports to the country are coming in. And everyone's going to step up the game a bit. Um, and like you say, something happened. Uh, well, we'll could, have that, to... could, that, could, that, could that sting them? Could that be a problem for them? Now I've got to do editing. <laughs> uh, right then, we'll head uh, around the M25 down the A3 to the Solent Devils. Um, now this this is a squad that's been together for a long time, really. A lot of players that have stayed in the same place for a long time. Last year, I think they finally really got their just rewards because they had a fantastic year. It's Solent, like you say, it's one of those ones that it's not just a call that stayed there regularly. It's more than a core is it's a huge chunk of the team um they picked up a couple this season but again they've not gone over the top mad for re-signings that's no, sorry the new signings the re-signings are, are, the, are the crux of it they've picked up a couple from the two sides and they've picked up a young lad from base and stoke yeah so yeah and then the one that really strikes me is on is lewis lum they're 18-year-old kid who's come from Canada, but he's on a two-way with a Cardiff Thumb. Yeah. In Dib 2 South. Well, we were just saying at Bristol and Slough are 90 miles apart. Well, Solon and Cardiff's not exactly next door to each other. It's, <laughs> it's a very strange two-way deal. Um, to be on an opinion, you know, Cardiff and Solon. Yeah, I'd say that's a flight. <laughs> not, yeah, it's, it's not a drive. That's probably yeah. a flight. And the thing is, looking at the squad, I'm looking to see who he was driving with, um, you know, because that's what usually happens. You usually tend to find a couple of players are two-way, but he's not. He's no. Just, he seems to be on his own. So Now, we mentioned earlier, Joe Llewellyn's a good sign-in. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, we covered uh, him earlier. Yeah, and Kane Russell, because they did have a few retirements last year. Yeah. Um, obviously, the big one coming in the pipes with, with Chico Cole. Yeah, but, that was the guy I thought... I would never see retire. I thought it was just going to be like, if nothing, I was just tied to the tied to the posts and left there. <laughs> he's been there, literally been there forever, hasn't he? So, yeah, that, that's a bit of a surprise. Mark Duffy and Roy Martin Edwards both have played at Brighton, so I know a little bit about both of them. Duffy especially. Um, yeah, that's going to be going to be big big skates to fill for uh, for Duffy for uh, filling in for cheaper. That's that's going to be. Yeah, yeah, I think they've, they've got a nice, job. they've got a nice big roster, plenty, plenty of cover if, if needed. Um, 
and a big side as well. And with that small rink down there, I mean, they they should be beating everyone in that rink. Yeah, Solent's rink and obviously the White's rink back in the day, they look like okay, the rosters were never that good, but you always thought that with that rink that they should have had some of the energy on it. Um, and that goes exactly the same for Solent. Um, you know, you know, just look at some of the names that have re-signed as well, Solent, Cole, Osman. It's... Yeah, they they should um, they should do well. Um, yeah, I could see them in the mix definitely. I mean, most years are in the mix. Um, I can see them in the mix, but maybe a little a little higher this year with that squad that they put together. Yeah, well, they were, I mean, they were second last year. Yeah, um, and they were one of only two teams to beat Streatham at Streatham. They uh, also got to the cup semi final, playoff final, which I think they'll be really upset with themselves in the playoff final. Because they just they didn't arrive for the first two minutes of the game and then it was gone. That was it. Over there. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose that's the problem with the, with the league, isn't it? Stratum are usually so far, you know, head and shoulders above. Um, but yeah, I, I think Solon do well there. I'm also encouraged by the fact that they've got a couple of two ways with their own two teams as well. So they're looking to bring through some of the youth. Um, yeah, again, I think it's something they're definitely. Not massive amount of outgoings either. So pretty much every team in the league's sort of steadied the ship and then just had, you know, the odd addition here and there. Yeah, I mean, most of it was retire retirements, really, was the, the players yeah. that left. In fact, all of it. Um, but yeah, I think that something they're really working on down there is the whole system. You know, showing these young lads and young girls that they can start in these the 10s and the 12s and they can work their way up through the junior devils and to become... Devils or Amazons, depending, you know, on, on on where they go. So that's yeah, I think it's great for Solent, and I'll, I'll see them having another strong season. Yeah. Well, right, then we we will head. Regular. Yeah, we will head into London and pay the uh, the ULES congestion charge as we go up the A23 to the high road in Streatham. Uh, obviously, league champions, playoff champions, weren't in the cup because of an administration error early in the season when they played Vanya Antonov and he was suspended. Um, so that put them out of the cup very early doors. Otherwise, it could have been another you know, all-conquering season for them. And that worries me for the rest of the league this season, if I'm brutally honest, because, like you say, they should have had it all wrapped up last year and they didn't. No. Um, and I think they're going to be smarting from that. I think they're going to want to go out and get them all. And then this year... If they're still doing one South champion versus one North champion, Solway's not stood in the way anymore. No. Um, so, you know, it could be a full Grand Slam for Stratum yeah. if they play it right. So, their outs is so much smaller than I thought it was. I mean, obviously, we remember Tom Annette's retired at the playoff final. Um, there was always rumor that Vanya wasn't going to play for Stratum the following year. So he has gone to the B's full time. Um, and then one of the young lads, Connor Smith, has gone down to Haringey, but but that's it. Yeah, that's that doesn't surprise me too much. Just in, in that when you when you're that successful, it's not going to be difficult to convince your players to come back, is it? No, um, but... you know we just won two trophies. We might be on for three or four this season. Do you fancy coming back? Mm. Um, a bit of a no-brainer. And you look yeah. at I have this ongoing joke with friends of mine that um, Stratum as it is now is almost like a, a brat or retirement home. If you work your way through that roster, 
more than three quarters of them have iced at some point in their career for Brett. Not all the bees, some of the hornets, but um, so they've all kind of grown up together, played together, um, and all know each other really well. Um, so yeah, it's it doesn't really surprise me. And again, just double checking, they they don't have an import; they don't go imports, do they? No, no, and it's and it's the the sign, as you say, only losing three, and, and obviously Antonov is a big loss, but then the signing of. JJ Pitchley, Harvey Briggs, um, Josh Martin, good signings. Yeah, yeah. And like you say, you lost Tom and X. Um, really good goalie. You've got Danny Milton and Nate Gregory. Well, that's arguably the best partnership in the league, isn't it? Um, yeah. And then, like you say, when you're adding people like Josh Martin from the Bees, you're adding JJ Pitchley directly from the Bees, which <laughs> then just goes to show. What I was saying about Hanks um, kind of working through his phone book and phoning all the people he played with in Brighton. Um, yeah, they brought in Ewan Hill as well, who has been playing in America. So that's a yeah. great experience for him to bring back to the high road. Yeah, and that'll be interesting to see how he slots into what is probably a pretty settled, solid roster already. Yeah, and then you know you add in like we said Pitchley and Martin from the Bees, and of um, course Callum Burnett. Callum Burnett from Chelmsford, which we talked on, we touched on earlier. You know, you're bringing the captain of a rival team in and slotting him in as well. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Callum Burnett and Ian Hill slot into that team that's pretty much already settled, and yeah. then you know a couple of players who are coming in, um, who but- know a lot of that roster already. Yeah, and they've just had a, a challenge weekend. It was it was sort of a um like a football charity shield type fixture. Obviously, the league and playoff champions played the South Cup champions uh, across across this weekend. Finished at a six six draw um, on aggregate four two to the away side both nights. Yeah, so but the, I, um, I think Stretton were quite short benched. Then again, we also says I always see these preseason things, and whenever anything finishes as as a draw like that over two games, then it can be sometimes wonders just how contrived that actually was from the start. <laughs> did, did somebody? Say, I mean, no disrespect intended to any of the players, any of the coaches, but you know, when when the two teams and it's four two in both games, really. Um, but yeah, it's. It'd be interesting to see how they get on in Victor. I mean, um, it'd be interesting to see how they get on against Stram in the regular season and once Stram have that full monster available. Yeah. Um, then, yeah, uh, everybody watch out again. Yes. Um, yeah, and they start against MK Thunder, which is, is ominous. <laughs> well, let's just hope the Lightning don't have a game that weekend then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because the Thunder are going to need everybody to come muster. Because like I say, when that roster is full and everybody's available, and by that I'm talking suspension just as I'm talk- just as much as I'm talking injury, because let's be honest, that team's very physical looking on paper. Yeah. And what Brandon Miles, the Healy Newman brothers, pitchly when he wants to, you know, it's it's not a team of people who are going to back down, is it? So yeah. even in this apparent friendly at the weekend, there was fisty cuffs. <laughs> Why does that not surprise me? 
because they could try and take it out of every level of hockey, but we all still really enjoy it. And that's the thing with you, with you guys and Victor Stratton and Chelmsford one for that, like I said, the trifecta and then chucking Stratton as well. Those four teams, yeah, we don't like each other, do we? Let's be honest. It's, <laughs> there's no love lost. Um, no. But it's amazing how the fans accept the players. Hockey's an incredible sport like that, where a player can go from a rival team to another rival and is accepted in the dressing room straight away and the fans accept him straight away. I'll, I'll use a quote that I've used before. Um, it's from years ago, so forgive me. It was back in the Super League era, uh, a little player called Bezio Sacratini, and he was described to me by another player I've got to be careful so we don't have you having to tick the swear box here. <laughs> um, he's our little, insert a word, um, <laughs> he may be an annoying little, but he's our little. Yeah. And that's what hockey fans live on. Yeah. You might hate him. Scott Spearing is a great example. Everybody hates Scott Spearing unless he's playing for your team. Yeah. In which case, he's great. Um, but the minute he walks off, did it with the bees. He played for Slough. He played for Basingstoke. The bees fans loved it, apart from the season he played in Slough, and apart from the season he played in Basingstoke. But when he came back the following year, always forgiven because he was arms again. And yeah, it's it's strange. It doesn't work out in football. You don't see many players going back. No. Um, if they leave a club and they go to another club, they don't very often come back. Um, but in hockey. Especially, like I said, between Chelsea, Bromford and Victor, you guys have that ongoing conveyor belt of players between the three of you. Um, yeah, you said it earlier about Lashek. He's at Invicta right now, but you would love him back in the Chelmsford shirt. Oh, You'd have him back tomorrow. Absolutely. Um, We'd make him grow the beard back, though. <laughs> well, you see, that's because that makes him yours. Yeah. <laughs> John, thank you so much for giving up your time and talking to us. And thank you so much for all your work you do throughout the off-season, keeping everybody in the know of, of who's going where and whatnot. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. It's, it's been great. Yeah, no worries. I, th I think you're, you're a born natural at this now. You're going to be putting, putting your face out about there a lot more. We'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to improve the quality of your video, though. Yeah, wondering why when the uh, 1980s are going to call them on the <laughs> webcam back. Yeah, you got any more of those pixels? <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> no worries. John, thank you very much, mate. We'll catch up soon. Anytime. Cheers. Thank you so much to John from NRHL Rosters uh, roster updates for coming on and talking to us about all the uh, the moves and shakers in the Britain division, going through all the teams there. And then next week I'll be joined by Anthony Russell from Banners on the Wall, and we'll be talking about every single team and their chances, and possibly where they're going to finish in the league. I know that Anthony doesn't like to predict tables, but we're going to force a little bit out of him. Coming up this weekend, then challenge fixtures wise, we've got the Slough Jets and the Chelmsford Chieftains going head to head over Saturday and Sunday. Saturday night at everyone active in Slough, I believe the face off time. I will just get it for you. I think it's five six thirty. Everyone active in Slough, and on the Sunday six pm at Chelmsford Chieftains Riverside Ice. Uh, the tickets are all on the door, so cash or card on the door at Slough Jets, cash only on the door at Chelmsford Chieftains. We've also got the Haringey Huskies from the NHL one, uh, NHL two South, facing off against the Romford Buccaneers. That's going to be at Alexandra Palace. Uh, I think it's five fifteen on the Saturday, and at the Sapphire Leisure Centre at five forty five on the Sunday. Um, we've also got the second coming of the uh, MK Thunder against Peterborough Phantoms. 
challenge. That's going to be at Planet Ice on Saturday. Planet Ice and Milton Keynes as they go for uh, the second round of that after Milton Keynes won three one in Peterborough this weekend. So there are your three challenge games for this weekend. I, uh, I really want to thank John for coming on. I want to thank all the coaches that sent in their coaches' thoughts from the challenge games this weekend. Uh, and then hopefully we can have the same from next weekend. So we'll have reports on the Saturday, Sunday from Slough against Chelmsford. We'll also have reports from the Saturday, Sunday Haringey, Hus- Haringey Huskies against the Rumford Buccaneers. And we'll also have a report from the MK Thunder against Peterborough Phantoms game, hopefully followed by coaches' thoughts as well from all of those games. If not, hopefully just the uh, Chieftain Slough and the Rumford Buccaneers games. So thank you so much. Welcome back. I'm so glad to be back doing this. I really hope you've enjoyed the episode. Um, it should be available on YouTube as well, uh, but it's uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts, really. Just search for Zero Pucks Given and I'm sure it will come up. So coming up then throughout the week, so obviously we've got Anthony Russell from Banners on the Wall next week to do a uh, NIHL One South preview. Then we're going to start with the normal season episodes and we'll start having guests. We've got Christian Moore from the Slough Jets. We've got Stano Laschek from the Invicta Dynamos. Charlie Otterwell now of the Slough Jets as well is coming on. Um, hoping to confirm uh, Danny Milton from Streatham a little bit later on as well. Courtney Grant from Romford Buccaneers. Uh, and then you guys get at me, start tagging those players in the post, see, see who you want on. And then coming in October, we've got a women's hockey episode. Uh, we've got Lucy Spalton and we've got Faye Andrews coming on to talk about the growth of women's hockey. Uh, we'll also have in November for Men's Health Month, we'll have Ed Archer from the It's OK campaign coming on to talk about men's mental health. And I think at some point in October, we're going to record with Justin Wong, who played Kenny Wu in the Mighty Ducks uh, franchise. So really, really looking forward to that. So once again, thank you for tuning in and I'll see you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.